When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. So grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Zach LaGreca. Kevin Gentry. Lou Cirillo. David Odukoya. Patrick Kuchkowski. Today, um, our topic is about... What do you drop as a product manager and when? We all have at least a couple of things we have to we have to do day to day, week Just to a week. Couple. <laughs> couple, handful. <laughs> um, there's a lot to the PM role. There's a lot of odd tasks. Um, I think, you know, some folks have talked about products being kind of in between all the other roles, the white space that fills everything in. Uh, whenever something isn't being done by another group, it's kind of our responsibility to make sure that it gets done. Uh, but that kind of leads to the natural question is like, we have to prioritize stuff. So when you have to drop something, what do you drop? Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart right now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny cause we were all just talking a minute ago, um, about roadmap review and, you know, working with SLT and it's like, how do you prep for that? And so you're spending all this time putting together the roadmap and the documentation and the briefs. And I was doing something like that last week. And then I got hit with a question from analytics about, hey, do you have this particular bit of data? We're seeing this trend here. And I'm like, oh, I forgot all about those metrics. Oh, crap, let me run over and, you know, like, put that <laughs> together. Uh, and then I get blindsided by something else, and they get blindsided mm-hmm. by something else. And you're like, oh, this competitor's doing this thing. And you're like, I thought I researched all that. I guess I haven't. So, I don't know. For me, I feel like I go in these waves of, like, very data-centric, very much in the, like, I understand the whole funnel. I understand where my metrics are, have my pulse on the competitor, but then it's like, I'm missing what's going on in the company. And so I feel like it's either that or then it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not having enough meetings with people, et cetera. So I don't, I didn't figure out what to drop. It just feels like I'm dropping things week to week and picking up other things that I've dropped. And I don't know if everyone has the same thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I constantly feel behind, I think. Um, yeah. there, there's very small glimpses of times where we're like, yeah, we got everything figured out. And it's usually those times where you're working at like, midnight or something <laughs> no one's online and slacking you and they're like yep i got every answer figured out i got you know <laughs> no i mean it shouldn't be that way but um yeah any other tactics that you guys have to kind of combat this kind of oh man i i think the first thing i always drop is meetings like if ever my schedule like tasks start piling up i mean i'm the first to go to my my calendar and just start xing stuff yeah. Even if it's like somewhat important, I'm just like, yeah, we're we're moving this or we're we're dropping it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first thing I drop because the first thing I need is time, and that's the quickest yeah. way to usually free it up in my calendar. Of course, what are you doing with the free time? What's that? What are you doing? What, with you the, the you're time? assuming I have free time. <laughs> 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 yeah. you do things that are not as important, right? Yeah, and just like you said, uh, 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 for me. 
I could have everything figured out. Okay, this is number one that I'm gonna do, this is number two, number three. And then a request comes from my boss or my boss's boss. Hey, what are we gonna do about this? And immediately just disrupts everything in my <laughs> list and pushes everything down. And then of course something gets dropped and yeah, at the end of the day I'm looking through and I'm like, oh shoot, I, I didn't get to do that. And yeah, I, I think that that's a big player in what I drop. Or, or what I prioritize, like getting a request from mm. from the SLT yeah. or from leadership. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. yeah, I uh, I think one of the things I found is even if I drop something, uh, to still like make it make it seem like I'm taking action on it. And I guess what I mean by that is <laughs> be more respond like respond immediately to as much as you can, even if that response is can't do this right now, right. we'll look at this next week. I think that's yeah. one of the things our head of product often kind of tries to instill is always give a timeline for when you're going to get back to this. Even if the answer is not the answer they're looking for, it's, mm-hmm. we can't look at this right now, I can take a look at this next week. That way at least, you know, in this case, you know, someone yeah. comes in with something disruptive, like, you know, you're in the middle of a sprint, you've just discovered two bugs the night before code freeze, and you need to get it in because this feature is two weeks overdue and you're getting questions from your senior leadership team because this enables some other thing and it's stressful and you gotta keep your engineers on track and then you get a question from, uh, you know, one of the VPs that needs to be answered. And in that case, Mm -hmm. at least if you come back to them with, we're booked right now, here's what, you know, we're trying to get this thing out the door, but I, you know, I'll take a look at this on Monday or something like that. Right. That seems it doesn't like alleviate the problem completely, but it seems right. to help. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I have like email anxiety. <laughs> I just have a, <laughs> uh, a constant flow of uh, emails, and then when you look at it to try to take down, it's it's almost like a to do list or a checklist. Like, yeah. yeah, get back to this person, really disregard this yeah. email, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> forward it to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even I, meeting notes. Meeting you notes. Know, sometimes oh, yeah. you're like, ah, I need to review that those meeting notes and yeah. pull out the to dos, and you know you mm-hmm. got like five in there, so mm-hmm. you start postponing that. You don't open that. You don't open it immediately. Exactly. Yeah. you have some time. That's a good point. Sometimes like we're so busy, we get we're like executing all these things. We're running, you know, to the important meetings that we couldn't cancel, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get the feature out the door. And then two weeks later, you realize I didn't really stop and like. Uh, you know, digest the meeting notes from that meeting with leadership, or mm-hmm. didn't really have time to, you know, take in the that full report from user research and really like yeah, process really. that. And so now it's been several weeks, and it's like I haven't made use of this important information mm-hmm. that I really should be should be using. Well, and so this gets to kind of one of the challenges I had recently too, where we shipped a feature and it actually ended up with uh, fortunately we were A/B testing, but it was uh, like a three and a half percentage point decrease in our registration mm-hmm. rate. and But it was like an paradigm. Everyone was like, yeah, you put these screens up here. And we spent like a bunch of time on it. And like I'll, if I'd actually paid attention to the research and the data and like been a little bit closer instead mm-hmm. of chasing after like some of the shiny or talking to SLT or something else, I'll bet you we could have caught that earlier. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like when when is that like, how do you identify some of those early that you're putting down the wrong thing maybe? Well, I think the thing is, Inherently, it's just par for the course that you are going to drop things, whether it's intentionally or non-intentionally. And I think being okay with that is fine. Like, I think especially here, nobody really tries to beat you up over it, especially if you just own it. You're like, oh, yeah, my bad. I totally forgot about that particular thing. Like, let me pick that up and get back to you at this point. 
Well, so, it's the communications key yeah. there, right? I mean, communications yeah. key. Yeah, they know that we're overloaded. Well, maybe some people don't, but <laughs> <laughs> some don't agree. Right? <laughs> but I, I think just that communication, going, going back to what Zach was talking about, just getting back. Hey, I can't get to this right now, but I'll get back to mm. you guys tomorrow or next week yeah. or something yeah. on this. And so maybe the question we should be asking is, what don't you drop? Mm. You know, rather than mm. what do you drop? That's a good point. Because if right. comms is the biggest, is it like mm. responding via email? Is right. it like one on ones? We, we've talked about like mm. having that that coffee, face-to-face. you know, face to face time with you know your you know senior team like can be really impactful. Is it mm-hmm. making sure your team is aligned, even if it's just a weekly check in? Like, it's, it's to decide, be, yeah, to decide what we don't drop. <clears throat> going back even a step further, like what is the number one thing? we are in charge of like what's the number one outcome we need to achieve right like what would you what would you say that is and then like what can't you drop related to that success of your product yeah I was gonna say the exact same thing yeah Yeah. so I I think what you what you don't drop is gonna vary by by your role by what you're working on by your products by your product by the phase like the The phase of the product yeah life cycle yeah Um, I think it's it's gonna be a balance right like you'll probably over index on something and then really knock that out of the park with disregarding some other fact, and then that bubbles up to be, oh, no, we need to pay more attention to this, then you kind of index it back the other way. Yeah. The one thing I'll say with this actually is, like, um, the death of this particular area actually can be that it transitions you from being more inherently agile focused and turns you into something waterfall-y. So I'll mean that in like so in the in the current context, um, I have a I have a product that we just kind of picked up. It's been more or less left alone across the company for years, and as part of picking it up, we're picking up to do a rebuild, but also to stabilize what's going to need to be there for the next say year. And one of the challenges in that priority is how do we prioritize rapidly building the new piece versus mm-hmm. also addressing the bugs of the current. And prior to prior to joining Ibotta, I actually had the experience where, you know, I actually did the exact opposite. I took I went full bore into building the replacement without keeping up to date with the current product because we were just like we needed to keep our team focused. Mm-hmm. Long story short, is it created just more and more and more and more issues. So, to that level, I just say like everybody, you know, keep your focus on being agile. Take the issues as they come right. in. Prioritize them like you're a PM. And do the same thing with the requests, you know, stack them up on impact. And if the request is not impactful or is not going to impact your product in a significant way, then, you know, tell people no. Yeah. yeah. I would almost argue that like, that's part, like, that's a key part of your job is actually dropping things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you have to drop things inherently, like choosing how and when to build things is it's making decisions about what you're going to do next. And so you need to be dropping things. The key is making sure that you're, you're dropping and not dropping the correct things. And that's where it gets really hard. Right. But I think first of all, like there's, I know earlier in my career, I would, ha- I would have a lot of anxiety about not getting everything done all the time, mm-hmm. always. And that's a real quick way to burn yourself out yeah. and still not right. get everything done. Yeah. Um, and so I think the better approach is to be, be very thoughtful about what you're dropping and not dropping mm-hmm. and try to keep up on like the things you're, you, you're deciding not to do the responses you can't fully delve into right now. Um, at least, you know, send updates, communicate that those things aren't happening. The more you do that, people will understand where you're at. Oh, they're not doing this right now, but they're going to look into it in a couple of weeks. Um, tactically, I found a couple of things to be really helpful. Um, in Slack, you know, you can snooze things for periods of time. 
Um, set a reminder. Yeah. Set reminders. Uh, that's yeah. that's like a big one. Yeah. Um, depending on the type of email client you use, um, some email clients uh, allow you to like uh, remind you later about a particular message. So you can clear it out of your inbox. But you know, I think Superhuman. There's a few others that do this. Um, Even Gmail doesn't know. Yeah. Gmail yeah. doesn't yeah. know. That makes sense. So the task thing. Uh, no, there's literally a snooze option oh, really? on the email. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. way you can like try and clear out your inbox yeah. so that you don't have seven thousand sitting in your inbox. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> but that you know next Monday when you want to think about that thing or if you haven't gotten a reply from someone specifically, it'll pop back up. Yeah. And so I think some of those yeah. there's small things, but that really helps manage the stress of like the stress and the focus in the moment. Mm -hmm. While helping you not drop it down the line. I think also the communication as a whole, right? So if you have an, a roadmap that's accessible, that's easy to understand, to navigate, that gives the right level of detail to the right folks, um, I think that goes such a long way because that mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. takes down half of the requests that you guys get or the, the questions or the um, concerns, you know, mm -hmm. um, or a clear process to find of like how things get put onto the roadmap or how, mm -hmm. do, how do we kind of look at things and giving our, your stakeholders a good sense of the product process of like mm -hmm. how we operate and uh, I think those things go a long way with you know um, not I mean just giving them the right information up front so that right. they don't have to you don't have those like oh shit moments or yeah. house yeah. on fire kind of thing yeah yeah, I no, uh, just wanted to touch on that uh, the goals aspect again uh, it's one thing that many people uh, actually have problems with just making sure that you are perfectly aligned with your goal as a PM and the goals of the company and probably the goals of other PMs that work with you because at times your goals might be different and uh, uh, it could be your goals might be to increase market share yours might be to increase profit or user base and at times you someone else will do something that's, that's different from what you're doing and you have different goals but you have to make sure that you're aligned with your goal and, and the things you're dropping are not things or the things you are not dropping are things that help you achieve those goals I think that's because I've, I've been in some jobs in the past where I have different goals with different departments and then I think we are working towards one common goal and then uh, they drop things that are very important to me or I drop things that are important to them and that just leads to disconnect so being Perfectly aligned is uh, very key as well. Yeah, it's the uh, the stakeholder, you know, conversation interviews to make sure that you have exactly the same outcome. Right. Um, something that makes me thought I think about this was like, it was kind of based on what you pointed out. I think there's a huge difference too in what you're dropping and your expectation, both from the size of the company and your seniority in that company. So I know same thing. Like when I was a, a new PM at a smaller startup, you. You were, you were doing your own A-B testing, you are doing your own metric gathering, you are mm -hmm. doing everything. Mm -hmm. And so then it really became like, okay, laser focus on this week. Now that you know, I bought as a, a fairly established company, we have designated roles for a lot of this. And so I think it gives us a greater bit mm -hmm. of flexibility, but it means that we have to over-communicate and have the right goals yeah. and make sure the stakeholders yeah. are better bought in instead of worrying about the minutia. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, that's an interesting point that I think smaller organizations... Uh, as a PM, you're probably more execution focused day to day. Yeah. And then as the organization gets bigger, that shifts a little bit more towards communication because you know you have user researchers who can help out with some of the testing you're doing. And, you know you have uh, you know maybe dedicated analysts who can help pull right. data for you. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. There's kind of a uh, a piece in here as well about getting out of your own way 
I think is something that I've kind of learned recently. It's like uh, I had a situation just yesterday where I've been kind of going back and forth between finance, product marketing, and analytics and kind of being the guy in the middle. And then I'd get something to finance and he'd give it to another analyst. Mm-hmm. And finally yesterday, I was just like, this is not only is it a waste of my time and everybody else's time here, I was like, this analyst and that analyst need to talk and give us this report yes. by tomorrow. Slack, link them, and just forget the rest of the meetings, delete them off the calendar, we'll check back in tomorrow. So, yeah, I'd say, like, sometimes like that, it's like, also no one's just not to pick up something and just, you know, delegate. Yeah, that's a great point. And it kind of reminds me of something else you said about the first thing you do when you need to start dropping something is what meetings can I drop? And so I think a follow-on to that is don't have an ego about having a full calendar. I think it's easy (laughs) earlier on. I felt this way a little bit. Like a full calendar means you're busy. It means you're important. It means you're doing stuff. It means you're productive. At least that it's an easy proxy for that. It's generally not fully the case. Um, And so making sure your calendar isn't booked, you know, eight to five, five days a week, first of all, so that you can actually do some thinking and get stuff done. Um, And then, yeah, like rely on other people. Like, you know, I think, Sometimes you get into the mentality of you need to be, you know, this type of superhero is going to go do everything and solve it. That's not fully true either. Like, you know, if you have someone on analytics who can help you with analytics, like, you know, some of that should be delegated. Get help where you can get it. Let other people who are better than you at certain things do those things. Like finance and analytics are going to be better at handling the details of those things. You don't need to be involved in all of it. You know, the the other thing, too, that's good if you have an engineering team is to think through, like, who's kind of like my go-to person that I can use for like questions inside Mm -hmm. of this thing? You know, do you have a senior or one of our groups, we have a principal engineer on there and, you know, dude's brilliant at our architecture. And half the time, like, you know, I'll say, Hey, I was going to be in on this meeting to figure out like the API. Would you mind just, Mm -hmm. just taking that for me and sending me a note afterward? Like, you know, use your squad and use your people for, yeah. For delegation. Yeah. I I think, yeah, they're, recognizing that you don't know everything and figuring out who knows it so that you don't spend one hour researching the internet when you can ask a five minute yeah. question and yeah. that's, that's very important as well and I, I like that like you know find who you can like delegate some of those things to like can you take this and let me know how it goes um, the other I think misconception I had for a while was that I'm the product manager you know I'm the person who thinks about the product that's only briefly true. <laughs> I think you know, a, good, a, good, a good company, a good team, a good organization, everyone should be thinking about the product and working mm-hmm. on the product. Engineers are literally the ones building the product. Mm-hmm. And they think and care about this stuff too. And so that's where getting communication down about what you're trying to achieve, the overarching goals, ways you think you'll be successful, helping highlight what users care about. If you're doing those things regularly, not just with like you know leadership type stakeholders, but with your own team, you want to communicate with them week to week, day by day, to an extent about here's what we're doing, here's why it's important, here's how we're thinking about tracking it, here's what our users care about. Because if you do those things, your engineers are going to be thinking naturally about, well, well, I could do this thing to solve this user's problem, and then you can also trust as you delegate those things. Like you know, your engineers are smart people let them you know be able to think about the product a little bit too now that's not to mean delegate actual product responsibilities to them but there are times like in technical meetings where they can often like help make certain decisions about how they might build and architect things because they understand what we're trying to solve for the users and that's actually if it, if engineers feel empowered to make some of those decisions that means product in my mind is is doing its job well well and i think that hits on a few 
topic that I've kind of stumbled on. It just kind of made me reflect for a second. One of the lessons I had very early in my career, um, and actually as an officer in the Army, was you end up with this you know, delegation and authority where you can literally just tell someone, do this thing. I don't have to tell you why. Right. And so, like, go do jumping jacks. Well, why? Because I have rank you. Do it, right? <laughs> and so, like, obviously, you know, corrective punishment, stuff like that aside, like, there's generally reasons why you need to do that, but most of the time you don't get the result you expect. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I think it was Eisenhower um, had an interesting quote along this, but it's basically, like, don't tell them, you know, what to do, tell them why, and let them go and impress you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think right. the biggest mm-hmm. thing is, like, have those times and with your team carve out at least an hour or a couple hours a day so you can just have impromptu conversations Mm -hmm. because that's really where you're going to improve Mm -hmm. the product more is listening to the engineers, having those kind of sidebar conversations Mm -hmm. and letting them tell you why they think this is a good idea, bad idea, or how to improve it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that quote and I fully agree with that. Like, and I've experienced this where I, like, I'm trying to shield the team somewhat from like other noise and information and so then I'll just be like okay we need to go we need to build this thing or make this service or do that thing Mm -hmm. and then lacking full picture they do that Uh, we do it in a way that doesn't work for what the overall thing is because I don't have all the information Um, and what I've realized is the context is more helpful than just the directive like you can kind of say I you know I think we need to go build this service but here's the context of why I'm thinking that what do you think you know Nine times out of ten, engineers are going to be like, here's actually a better way to achieve that. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many people... There's an interesting thread, and this is a great kind of can of worms for something else, too. We unintentionally had a request come down recently that we needed to track some of the performance and the performative improvements that we've been making across the app. Um, Kind of a request that came in from the board and stuff like that. And it wasn't to say, like, hey, we need to do something negative for the experience. It's, you know... We want to see how, like, you know, performative it can be. Does it need to be, you know, the load time is one second, or are we good enough with one and a half? But how it got translated was do this thing specifically, and how the engineering team started building it with because they're like, this seems dumb, but you just told me is we're going to slow down the app intentionally by like five seconds, yeah. and you're like, unfortunately, some of the engineers too race. They're like, this is a really bad idea. We have tons of metrics that show. This is not how you test this. We can find this in other ways. But if people hadn't questioned it, it we'd probably be in a situation where we're losing a ton of money for no good reason. Mm-hmm. That's also, I think, it kind of gets into the the context um, where, you know, here at Ibotta, or at least with our squads, I think there's a reason why now, you know, we kind of take the approach that PMs don't write stories. You know, and I don't know, that's different, I think, in certain organizations where people are familiar sometimes with, um, like we had a new engineering manager start up and he was like, wow, yeah, like I'm used to a lot of times the PMs coming in and like writing all the stories and doing this or that. And it was like, yeah, you know, we really don't do that. We we write initiatives and we delegate so that those things, you know, happen appropriately. And it also, I think, to really reducing the load, like if for people out there who haven't kind of taken that structure, it's like that's a great way to clear off time off your calendar, mm-hmm. you know. And in the same way that, like, if you're going to talk about things that are acceptable to drop, if you've done a really good job of writing your initiatives and checking in with your engineers, it's fine to not have to go to a stand-up. You know, it's mm-hmm. fine to miss a retro or something, you know, every here and there. Not that you should do it consistently, but if you had to drop something because you needed an extra hour, yeah. if you've done your proper setup, that's an easy way to get an hour. So when you say your initiatives, are you kind of referring to the product briefs that we build here? 
Um, not necessarily the product brief. Yeah. So for us, like at least a product brief is like a piece of initiative it explains the, you know, the why mm -hmm. of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's like a bit of a descriptor. What I like to do is I'll sit down with a lead engineer, REM, and when we start a new initiative, we plan out all the epics and we talk about it. After that point, it's up to our tech lead and our EM to yeah. fill in who's going to do each initiative and who's going to story them out. And we check in and make on-the-call decisions as they come up. But yeah. if you set up that initial structure, that's a lot less meetings that you need to have, a lot less everything else, and ways to get time back on your calendar. Yeah, how do you set that up right up front? Like, I think, Patrick, you talked about that too, like level setting those, aligning the goals up front, having an initiative kickoff thing. Like, what's the rate, or what what has worked for you guys in terms of, like, you know, is it in a, a kickoff meeting to talk through, like, what, what are those things? I think... It, it depends a little bit on who your team is and their working style. I think it boils back down to that idea of communicating more than you think you need to, what you're trying to accomplish, why, who you're building it for, the goals, the overarching goals, like those high level principles you're building towards, making sure those are hyper clear about every single thing you do. Um, generally, in my experience, that works well if you have some type of like initiative kickoff or maybe like a weekly planning meeting that's outside of like your just your stand up check ins, where you have like you know a good chunk of time, an hour maybe, to sit down with the tech leads or the engineers and, and talk through that in more depth of mm -hmm. this specific initiative we're trying to achieve X for Y. You know, here's some of the metrics we're thinking about. What are your thoughts on this? Here's kind of the vision we have. Maybe you have some early wireframes you can kind of use to visualize and then just discuss and get their thoughts. And that often is a very organic conversation where they'll start thinking, oh, well, what about this thing we need to do? Or this might be challenging because of this other thing. Um, or you, they might have questions about like, well, why would we do it that way? And then you realize I need to be more clear about this other thing I haven't been talking about. And right. that kind of process generally leads to them being in a good place. So then go like break down, okay, technically, how do I build this? And I agree with Lou that, you know, I used to write user stories for like everything. And um, over the past couple of years, I've shifted away from that because it's generally them rewriting my stories because yeah. they better <laughs> understand how they want to build something. Um, and so the more clear you can be about it at the outset of a new initiative, um, the more effectively they'll be empowered to do that. And then if, if you are, you know, again, I also agree, you don't have to be at every stand-up if you're doing all these things well, but if you're, you know, the majority of your stand-ups and you have, you know, kind of time on your calendar where you're available for them to ask you questions and, um, and you have it very clear that you're open for them to come ask you questions, you'll be able to kind of keep chatting as things progress. And that way, if they have new questions that come up or there's new information, you can all kind of course correct along the way. I think the only other thing, I very much second that because that's exactly how I do it. The only thing I tend to add is a weekly kind of agile planning where I do it on our Thursday standups and it's an opportunity for me to bring up the roadmap and realign with everybody where it's like, hey, we're finishing this initiative or two weeks away from starting this. And oftentimes the thing that comes up is we need time to solve some tech debt and you can't just keep throwing feature work after feature work. And so you're like, mm-hmm oh, okay, I got it. Or, hey, this thing is going to take longer, or have you thought about this, or why aren't we doing that? Mm -hmm. And those, even if it's a 20-minute discussion, then mm -hmm. really help us realign on what we're doing and why. I've recently had an experience with that where, you know, we had kind of the roadmap. I thought it was, you know, clear. We had target timelines, and we, we launched a new feature kind of running 
um, behind the scenes, but not like making any decisions. It was kind of just, we were training a new system to take in data, to return a score about kind of behaviors on our platform, but not do anything yet because we're still trying to analyze, you know, how accurate is this new, this new system, this new mm -hmm. model. Um, and then, you know, at one point I was talking about, yeah, we can then, you know, later flip the switch to turn this on. And, you know, in one of these forums, they were able to say, well, we haven't built out the, the server configuration to be able to do that yet. That's another yeah. piece of work we have to do. And I was like, okay, great. I'm glad that we're, like, realigning on this because yeah. I had assumed that that was baked in with how you've done something. And, you know, you're, you're, you're sometimes going to make assumptions that aren't quite correct. There's sometimes going to be slight gaps mm -hmm. um, no matter how effective you are. And so I think the best... Uh, guard against that is regular communication and updates, you know, like a weekly forum where some things like that can be kind of readdressed so that, you know, you, you catch those things and adjust and course correct right. along the way. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, um, what homework do we have for the users? Takeaways from today's conversation? Ooh, one thing that comes to mind is uh, see if you can cancel at least one meeting a day, maybe for a total of like three hours worth of meetings this this next week. Mm -hmm. So try and clear some of your calendar, like we talked about. That's one of the best ways yeah. to get some time back. Um, so force rank that. That would be that would be my my go to homework. I don't know if anyone else has any Yeah, thoughts. and then if you have a to do list uh, and you can sort that by priority, it's it's it, it it's good practice to reserve time in your calendar to work on some of those. Mm -hmm. And one method that I've seen work out well is you can actually put in the calendar, work on SLT presentation mm -hmm. or work on yeah. analysis. Mm -hmm. So when people see that, or people won't be, yeah, they won't feel like scheduling something over that period. Yeah. And then it also helps you stay on track. You know, I have two hours booked in my calendar for that. You get the reminder. So that's a uh, good yeah. practice. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Clear your calendars a little bit. Book some time for your to-do lists to start making progress on the things you, you can drop and the things you can't drop. So, all right. Well, uh, rate, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with everyone you know. Send us coffee. Send us coffee. Yeah. We're in desperate need. <laughs> coffee. Tell all your friends. Do all the, all the stuff you're supposed to do as a loyal, devoted listener. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening. Now, go level up.